And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And our topic today is... Big Trouble in Little China! (laughs) (laughs) That was actually our plan to do it, because that's like actually at the credits. Yeah, that's the theme song. Yeah. It's got a rad theme song, doesn't it? Yeah, I've wanted to do this movie ever since we started this podcast. You did? I did. Because this is actually one that you liked when you were younger, too. I did? Uh Uh-huh. And this is 1986's Big Trouble in Little China, directed by John Carpenter. And we also have the poster spoilers if you haven't seen this movie. We have a picture of one of the little, like, guys' face turning into a bubble, um, like, shooting air out of his nose and mouth and then blowing up. Like yellow air coming out of his nose. Yeah, Yeah, that's a picture. That's actually from the movie. Yeah, we have an art print that we bought off of... Oh, I don't remember his name all of a sudden. Um, If I can can figure out what his name was, I'll post it in the show notes. But he's an artist who we bought a couple prints from at a Comic-Con. And he did a 20-print, like, limited edition run of his piece that's a picture of thunder preparing to explode and it's really cool and he just did 20 and i swear he had like 11 left when we were over there and that was insane to me because it was by far the coolest thing that he did yeah he's a really good artist all around but yeah before we get deeper into big trouble in little china though we do have a big announcement to make here yes al would you like to Inform our listeners of the big news? Yes. Um, we are doing a live show on, like, maybe the last week of April. Yes, it is on April 28th, Saturday, April 28th. We are doing the first ever Cadavercast live. <laughs> yeah, because you get to actually see us on the show. Yeah, I know. So, so there you go. Uh, We are doing a live show. Here are the details. This is part of the Celebration of Slashers event happening at DePaul University, part of the DePaul Pop Culture Conference series that's hosted by our friend Paul Booth. Okay. And it it runs from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. that Saturday. And we are... We don't have, like, a set time that our show is going on as yet. That's all being scheduled and everything. But Paul invited us to be there and do something, and uh, I thought, heck, why not do a live show? Not just show up and talk about what we do, but actually do a show. So we're going to be recording an episode there. Yes, if you want to come to actually see us, to actually see what we look like on the show, (laughs) just come to the show. Which is maybe better for one half of us, I think. Al's probably okay to look at, but I'm kind of a nightmare to behold. 
I've got a I've got a face for radio. They tell me. <laughs> but, but yeah, so pretty funny. Oh, thanks, know? man. Well, this uh, yeah. So Paul does annually a pop culture conference event, which is largely academic, but very like conversational in its approach to these academic topics. And there's screenings and there's a keynote speaker. This year, it's Rachel Talalay, who directed Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, it is pretty exciting. The tickets are free. So, I mean, that that's pretty good, right? Pricing wise. Yeah. We have no idea how the show is going to go. We've never done a live show. So uh, free. That's probably the right price to pay <laughs> to get into this uh, to see us. If you want to attend the event, however, um, head over to the Facebook page for a celebration of Slashers. All the information is there. And you want to register for tickets. It's free, but uh, we need to get a head count. So register for tickets. And the link is there on the Celebration of Slashers Facebook page. What we're going to be doing is a kind of Q&A conversation for a little while, talking about our show, talking about what it's like for Alistair growing up in a horror hound household. Um, I'll talk a bit about my history growing up with horror, everything that's happened to us since this podcast started, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to have this panel of ours culminate in the recording of an actual episode for the show. We, we might post the whole thing. Don't know yet. But uh, the whole thing will culminate in a recording of Who the Al is. So yes. if you want to be there for a live Who the Al is, which is, as you know, having listened to it, totally unpredictable. April 28th, Chicago, Illinois, DePaul University Celebration of Slashers. Um, And if you already have seen Who the Al is, prepare to hear another one just live. Yeah, it's a totally new topic. Yeah. We went back and forth on what we were going to do for this live event, and it just made the most sense. It sounded like the most fun to do a Who the Al is. Yeah. Anything um, else to say about this uh, live event of ours, Al? Well, I would say that it's definitely going to be a good live show. I think so, too. And we hope to see you there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of our listeners are in the UK and stuff, so they're not going to make it. But if you're in the Chicagoland area, we hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. Another quick thing before we jump into Big Trouble in Little China, uh, I wanted to bring to the attention of anybody who is currently a Word Salad patron. Uh, Word Salad is, of course, our network, the network that we belong to. And anybody who wants to become a Word Salad patron, that there are uh, new pieces of content over on the Word Salad Patreon page, including a new series called Canon that's a Patreon-exclusive show from a friend of mine since sixth grade, Phil Forsyth. They did a um, three-hour conversation about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There is also a deleted scene from the previous episode of Who the Al Is, an extended chunk of who the Al is pinhead we uh it, it didn't fit in the episode so we cut that out put that up on patreon for our patrons and then um joe the head of the word salad network joe ketchum has a new series that he's working on called high five and tyler and i who host 
Cinemuck. We have a few episodes in the works, including a spring break episode coming up. So there you have it. News out of the way. Yep. Let's get to the discussion at hand, which is in celebration of a certain holiday, as a matter of fact. Yes. Valentine's Day. Because it's kind of like a ghost wedding. <laughs> it's exactly a ghost wedding. Yeah. yeah. We're really bad here on this show about doing episodes that tie into things happening <laughs> outside of our little sphere here in Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. Um, we constantly forget to do episodes that tie into movie releases and big events and stuff like that. But the one thing that we've been on top of is holidays. You know, yeah. like we had a Maze Runner episode idea because we know somebody who is in uh, the first two Maze Runners and we thought about having him on. Totally forgot to. We'll probably still do that if he's up for it. But we just totally didn't. And then the new Maze Runner came out and I was like, oh, we totally forgot. We're really bad about that stuff, but we're good with the holidays. Yeah. And so we threw off our own schedule here. Normally, uh, you would be hearing in this episode spot another episode of Who the Al Is or Monster Stampede. But right now we're focusing on Who the Al Is for a while. Uh, but we decided to flip it around this month and maybe continuing forward. Who knows? But um, we wanted to put out something special for Valentine's Day. And, you know, Big Trouble in Little China is about yeah. a ghost wedding. Yeah. That's pretty romantic, if you ask me. And I I just want to say this. This is not too late into the movie, but you get the monsters so early into the movie that, yeah. Yeah, right just, from the start. Yeah, basically from the start. It's, what, 15 minutes into the movie when we see the three storms and then low pan. Yeah. It's not too long until you see the monsters. Yeah, and this also, I think this is something good to point out here while we've got uh, the three storms in Lopan as a topic here. The type of movie, this isn't the type of movie we've traditionally done on the show. It's not a traditional monster movie by any means. It is monster packed, but not a horror film. Um, I also counted how many monsters. There's actually eight monsters in this movie. All right, let's count them down. So we got one. Mm hmm. Because one of the storms, two... Okay, so the three storms. So we got yeah. three. Three storms. Uh-huh. Then low pan. Low pan. Then live eye monster. Okay, so then you've got the beholder, or the guardian, I think they call him. Then, like, yeah, the hairy thingy. Yeah, the big orange hairy <laughs> yeah. mutant orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got a giant ant. Thingy? Yeah, the big bug. Yeah, the big bug ant kind of thing. And then what's the third one? The eighth one? I think there... I don't remember an eighth one. Um, I really only remember seven. Those eight. seven. We could be off by one. I remember, I counted eight. Yeah, but I told you during the movie, I was pretty sure you counted somebody twice. <laughs> so I think we've got seven. Oh, yeah. I must have... I think I said Lopan two times. Well, in all fairness, and yeah. okay, we can count Lopan twice here. I'm going to go with you on this because we have young-looking Lopan and old Lopan. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you could go to there. Seven-ish, eight-ish monsters. Yeah, like eight-ish monsters. Yeah. There's like eight-ish monsters in this movie. 
One of the best storms is the guy who just rides on that lightning, dude. He literally rides down lightning. <laughs> yeah, man. Sure. So what I'm hearing so far is that we've got a ghost man who <laughs> is old and young simultaneously somehow. Somehow. We've got a lightning dude who rides around on lightning. Yes. And we've got all these monsters. But like, what's the movie about? Like, that's, that all sounds great. And listeners, if you've never seen Big Trouble in Little China, you absolutely need to. This is one of my favorite yeah. movies from when I was a kid and when I'm an adult. <laughs> like, yeah. I love this movie. So it all starts with these guys running. How the actual fight comes on is... Okay, but uh, before the fighting, who do we got? Who's, who are our main characters? That's what, I'm, um, that's what I want to know. Our main characters are... One guy has a sword. The other guy owns a truck. <laughs> okay. I don't know. So one has a sword, one has a truck. And then... That would be Wang Chi. Who has a sword. He has the sword. And Jack... Jack. Burton. Jack Burton, who owns the truck. Yes. So those two, they go into an alley in the truck. Then the war, like one of the fight-offs between the red band dudes and yellow band dudes... The Fighting Tongs and the uh, Wing Kang. No, Wing Kong. Yeah. The Fighting Tongs and the Wing Kong. Yeah. Those guys fight, and then the guys come in. The two run away, and then they steal the truck, and that's how all the fighting comes on. They're trying to get the the truck back. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just a truck, though, because the truck is what Jack wants back. What's Wing Chi doing? He wants to have his girlfriend back, but some guys stole her, and then I think the bad guys stole her, I think. Do you remember her name? No. Even if you tried, you might get it wrong, because I counted four ways of pronouncing her name. Some characters say her name, I think, as many as three different ways. Her name is first said Miao Lin, then it's Mao Yin, then I think it's Mao Lin, and then somebody says Miao Yin. So she's got four <laughs> different pronunciations of her name, apparently. Uh, Mao Yin is the most common in the movie, though. So we've got Jack's truck and Mao Yin have been taken by the Wing Kong. Yeah, and then... Who work for... Low... Low Pan. Low Pan. There you go. Yeah, they work yeah. for Low Pan. Because you find them everywhere in, like, the last part. They There's, like, so many of them. In case you have not picked up on this, listeners, if you've never seen it, Big Trouble in Little China is a kung fu monster movie. Yeah. It's like kung fu comes from China, so that's why it's a China movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kung fu <laughs> originates from China. So, Big Trouble in Little China. But it's also about black magic. Ghost sorcerers. Yeah. Elemental ninjas. Well, not ninjas. Uh, elemental warriors in the three yeah. storms. Because the three storms actually don't even talk. They just go, rawr! No, two of them talk. At least one of them talks. Thunder talks. Lightning never talks. Rain, I think, talks too. But thunder talks quite a bit. Which one was the one who went into the room with the two ladies? They all did? (laughs) No, the room where 
the ladies, their eyes literally went out of their head. Oh, that's uh, that's lightning. Oh. You can uh, always tell lightning because he's the one with lightning on him. Because <laughs> he actually did talk in that moment. No, he came in and she closed her eyes and pretended to be asleep. And he made kind of yelling noises. Definitely made yelling noises. They all yelled when they did like their kung fu stuff. But I don't think he talked. And also, I don't think it matters right now. I think there are way better things for us to be talking about, like whatever, 15 minutes into this recording, than who talks and when they talk and how often they talk. Because here we are discussing a movie about a ghost wizard wedding. And we're just talking about... And we're talking about talking. (laughs) So maybe we should just get talking instead of talking about talking. (laughs) That is kind of funny because you just... Because that was, like, maybe, like, five saying talking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So let's just talk. (laughs) Okay. So Jack Burton wants his truck back. Yeah. Wang Chi's fiance, Mao Yin, has been kidnapped. So they both want it back, but they have to go through, like, like a weird castle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lopan's underground lair. Yeah. And the monsters are so cool, dude. Yeah, well, and not just the monsters, but that layer, too, because you got all of the different Chinese hells. Yeah. Because there's a line about the Chinese have a lot of hells, and so you have uh, the hell of the upside-down sinners, the hell of being skinned alive, all this stuff. They got to go through some of those crazy hell rooms in order to escape and find the people in the truck. But you do see the skinned alive people, dude. Oh, in the the hell of the upside down sinners. They're like uh, in water. So it looks like their skin's sort of schlupping off their bodies. When I see that part, I'm just going to close my eyes because I'm never seeing that part again. (laughs) I know. You you did close your eyes during that part. In this movie, okay. So really quickly, uh, parental guidance. This movie is rated PG-13. Yeah, and I watched this a lot growing up, a ton growing up. And Al's seen this a few times, though he didn't remember it. But as long as your kid can handle the occasional spooky monster, it's pretty okay for the most part. There's that one part with the the people hanging upside down and they're dead. There's some skeletons. The big orange orangutan monster is pretty... Pretty I don't know. funny. He's actually funny looking, I think. I was going to yeah. say he's spooky looking. But he's. I think he's funny, I... but a little kid might be spooked by him. Al wasn't. Yeah. Al thought he was hilarious. I thought it was pretty funny. No, even when you were little, when you don't remember watching it, he you was, thought it was great. It was like... Yeah, really long arms. Yeah. It's like... Wobbling around. And how did they defeat him at the end? Well... Remember how Gracie stops him? He grabs Jack Burton, and then what does she do? Kicks him. And where does she kick him? Um... In the butt. Yeah. But yeah, she kicks him in the butt. So, like, that's pretty funny. He's he's kind of lame. He's big and spooky looking yeah. a little bit. Kind of goofy looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's pretty easily defeated. So, this is definitely one to watch before you show it to your kids. But it is an 80s PG-13. So, there's some swearing and definitely, you know, gender politics stuff that's complicated. Especially with, like, all of the kidnapping of women and stuff. And definitely things that if your kid is very, very, very inquisitive about every little detail, there's some stuff in there that you probably won't want to have to explain. Al didn't ask about any of it, so we didn't have a problem. 
But uh, no. PG-13. Al, would you say this is okay for kids for the most part? Yeah. Would you show this to some of your friends? Well. <laughs> That's a different story, huh? Well, I would say watch the movie by yourself before you let your kid watch it. Because I think there is some spooky parts that will scare people. Agreed. And I think that was the skeleton parts. Yeah, well, not the skeletons. It's more like the underwater rotten body part. Yeah. The skeletons are funny because remember Jack taps the one skeleton in the head with a knife and we both laugh? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay, to get back to the movie, this is our first John Carpenter movie on the show. That's pretty cool. And John Carpenter is an absolute legend of horror movies. He made Halloween. Did you know that? No. He made Halloween, the movie Halloween. He also made a remake of, see if you can get this. We talked about it on the show. It was about a carrot monster in the Arctic. The Thing. Oh, The Thing. Yeah, John Carpenter remade uh, The Thing from Another World as John Carpenter's The Thing. But remember, in the original The Thing, he was like a big plant man. They talked about how he's like a carrot from outer space. No. You don't remember that? We did that on the show. Oh, the guy was like the... Oh, yeah. He's got the spike Jones hands, out. and he, like, kills the dogs. He's, like, fighting the dogs yeah, in the snow. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. The yeah. guy was, like, the meteor-looking thing, but meteors go straight, but his goes, like, different ways. It's okay. like a spaceship, basically. Yeah, he's in a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, yes, John Carpenter, who remade the thing, who made Halloween... <laughs> made Big Trouble in Little China. Hugely important. One of the absolute masters. The star of this movie, though, who plays Jack Burton, is a fella named Kurt Russell, who is absolutely, without a doubt, one of the greatest men to ever be in a movie ever. He is? Yeah, man. Kurt Russell is just amazing. Not only was he in Big Trouble in Little China, he also starred as Snake Plissken in Escape from New York. And when I was a kid, Kurt Russell was a marker of quality for me. What does that mean? Meaning if he was in a movie, I was like, this is a good movie. Even movies like Overboard that he was in, which is a just an 80s comedy thing. Like, I watched that so many times as a kid because he was in it. Love Kurt Russell. Was and it he was in that. Yeah, what am I wearing a shirt for? Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He plays Star-Lord's dad. Cool. Yeah, so he is Jack Burton. Really cool. Amazing in this movie. But what's even more amazing to me about Kurt Russell in this movie, and maybe you have something to say about this too, Alistair, is that as the main character of this movie, he is two things that are surprising to me. He is, one, not the protagonist. He just is along for the ride. Two, he's also not made to look super, super awesome at all times. He usually doesn't participate in the fights. He gets himself beat up or knocked out. He even goes into the final battle with Gracie Law's lipstick all over his face from kissing her. So he goes in with, like, lipstick on his teeth to fight Lopan. It's a really funny kind of thankless role in that way. And at the final fight, he blasts the top and he gets hit in the head with a brick from his own gun. So he's not super cool. He's the comic relief of this movie presented as though he's the action hero, but he's not. No. 
the other guy that with him is Wang Chi. Yeah, he is like the main the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who makes all the decisions. He's the one who's leading the charge. He is the guy who's doing things, and Jack Burton's walking <laughs> after him, going, "Wait, what? What's going on? We're gonna fight a wizard? We're doing what now?" Like he has no idea. Yeah. And Wang Chi is awesome too. Yeah, because Wang Chi, when he's fighting um, Rain in the sky yeah. with the swords, they're literally just flipping. They're trying to literally kill them from jumping. And one time, Wang Chi, I think, I think that's his name. Am I right? Yeah. Throws the sword at him, hits him, and like the sword actually hits him while he's jumping. The swords goes through him. Yeah. And then what happens to Rain? Dies. Yeah, he dies. He goes flying into a statue and explodes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Wang Chi's amazing, played by Dennis Dunn. Uh, yeah. Who's also in John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, which is so good. I gotta give some credit to Lightning. Dude, that was the last one of all of them that was alive. Yeah, credit where it is deserved. Lightning definitely is the last remaining yeah. member of the Lopan gang. Because he yeah. even lasts longer than Lopan. Yeah, he lasts from the beginning longer than Lopan, dude. And he still starts to fight the guys without even Lopan's help. He yeah. fights the guy. Yeah, he gets pretty wrecked, though. So Yeah. I mean, he gets hit in the head by a statue. I know. That's so cool. Oh, I've always loved that. That's one of the cool things about the end of this movie is our three heroes, each one of them gets to take out one of the Lopan gang. Yeah. Because Wang Chi, he takes out Rain, like mm -hmm. Al just talked about, throws a sword at him midair and <laughs> yeah. kills him. And then uh, Jack Burton... Total stroke of luck because he's got the reflexes, takes out Lopan, which is amazing. And then Egg Shen, who we haven't talked about. No. Egg Shen, played by Victor Wong, who is also in Tremors. Mm -hmm. uh, Egg Shen drops a statue from like 15 feet up onto Lightning's head. <laughs> yeah. So they, the three of them get to take out one of the gang. And then, as Al said in the very beginning of the episode, Thunder takes care of himself by inflating like a balloon and blowing up. Yeah. He say cuz he looks at Lopan that's dead and then his face literally becomes a bubble and blows up. Man, when I was a kid that uh, and I don't know, I'm interested to hear your take on it. When I was a kid, I thought that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. How do <laughs> yeah. you feel about it? I feel like how all three storms got killed was so cool. I thought every way they got killed was pretty cool. And of course, killed is maybe the wrong word too because they're sort of, they're sort of like elemental spirits, yeah. kind of. Or they may be like killed. wizards, too. They yeah. may be like Lopan. They may be wizards, but like servant sorcerers. Yeah. But yeah, so we are talking about the end of the movie. And that is funny because <laughs> we've skipped over everything. Yeah. But the movie really is very, very focused in on this one quest. We got to yeah. save Mao Yin. We got to get Jack's truck back. And then later we got to get... Uh, Gracie Law back because she gets kidnapped too and Lo Pan decides he's going to marry both Mao Yin and Gracie in order to become human again. Cause well, not human, but like flesh and blood. I mean, I guess he'd be more than human because he's 2,000 something years old. 
Yeah, and he wants people that have green eyes, and they're both green eyes, so he's going to marry both of them. Yeah, it's part of this thing that he has to do, because he, he angered some god. I don't remember the god's name, but he says it a bunch of times in the movie. I forgot his name. I didn't write it down. But Lopan angered a god, and it turned him into a spirit. And as Egg Shen talks about it, Egg Shen is like the the good sorcerer. So you got Lopan, who's the evil black magic sorcerer, and Egg Shen, who's a tour bus driver, and he's the the like white magic sorcerer. And he describes Lopan as being flesh and bones atomized. Or is that somebody else? Somebody else may describe him this way. I think it may be the guy who works in the restaurant with Wang Chi. But we learned from uh, Egg Shen and some of the other older characters in Chinatown that Lopan is ancient and he's not a physical being at all. He is, as we're told, flesh and bones atomized. He is a dream spirit. And he basically exists in a dream state and he can't leave this castle of his except to kind of go around Chinatown a little bit doing spooky magic stuff. And this is pretty cool. Um, Lopan and, um, I want, I'm gonna say this first. The bus driver is actually, he can do magic. Egg Shen. Yeah. Yeah. He is a bus driver and he can do magic. And this is like the coolest part of the movie, I think. Um, they have like, Lopan uses his, like, an X hand to make like, like, a fake knight from, like, green oh, magic. Oh, 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 yeah. When Egg Shen and, and Lo Pan, they send magic beams at each other. Yeah. And then they the magic beams appear as two knights fighting in yeah, some ethereal and then, plane. And then, like, Egg Shen, he has, he has a purple light that turns into, like, a bigger one. Yeah. Yeah, and they literally, like, fight each other. What I always liked about that part when I was a kid is because <laughs> Lopan takes his pinkies and he hooks them together. And you can't see this, but he just imagine he holds he holds his pinkies together with his fists kind of uh, facing palm upward. And then he sticks his thumbs out. And during the magic battle fight, he like you, wiggles his thumbs like he's playing a video game. And, and I always like... liked that. <laughs> And that's what he does. Wait, wait, wait. No, we need a clearer version of that, man. This might be the stinger. What (laughs) what noises does Lopan make? (laughs) That is exactly what he sounds like. Oh, man. (laughs) James Hong, who plays Lopan, is so, so good as Lopan. He's super funny, especially when he's the little Lopan and he's going, (laughs) like he's so weird and and kind of spooky, but also funny. Oh, everybody in this movie absolutely kills it. It is yeah. so good, man. Oh, seriously, listeners, if you have not seen it, top of your list. Like, number one to do, watch this movie. I know we've talked about the whole, like, all of the big action set pieces. Yeah, because all of the big action is at the end. Well, there's, well, no, 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 because there's the fighting tongs versus the wing kong early yeah. on in the alley. Yeah. And there's tons of great fighting there. Yeah. And there's, oh, this movie does something that I love too. What? I I don't know if you caught how many times they do this, Alistair. Mm-hmm. But they'll have a shot and right up in front of the camera is the back of somebody's head, like in the foreground of the shot. And then most of the shot's going to be somebody else, like typically a fighting tong. And they'll be like this and like they'll be doing their fighting tong hand motion. And then they'll just punch him in the face. Like, there's a good five or six shots in this movie that are just close-ups of the back of somebody's head with somebody else in the background punching the head. 
It's just like a split second shots of people just getting punched right in the skull. It's so awesome. I I did not even catch a single one of those moments. I'll point them out next time we watch it, dude. Okay. Because we used to watch this quite a bit, actually. You used to ask for this all the time. I did? Yeah, you did when you were, I don't know, three or four. Or no, probably about four. About the time we started the podcast, you were really into this. And I don't know, we just didn't watch it for a while. I think because I was saving it to do as an episode of the show. And then you forgot about it, and it seemed a perfect time, with it being Valentine's Day, for us to talk about it, since it's, it's about a ghost wedding. It was the perfect time to ask. Mm-hmm. We used to read the comic books together, too. I, I What? There's comic books in that I know. Isn't it great growing up and forgetting all this stuff so I can reintroduce you to it all? Yeah. Yeah. There's comic books. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit about the comic books for the uh, sake of our readers, or our readers, for the sake of our listeners, too. (laughs) I'll uh, tell you a little bit about it. But uh, is there anything you wanted to say about the rest of the movie, about this quest, other than lots of monsters, tons of fighting, Jack Burton's amazing, Wang Chi's amazing, Egg Shen's amazing, Lopan's amazing, Uh, Gerald Akamura, who shows up in the background with two six shooters, is also amazing. Everything's amazing. Anything else? I want to say that... There was the perfect ending. The little, like, orange monster comes out of the sewers and, like, stops there. And, oh, like, he's, he's like, underneath Aah. the truck. He's on Jack Burton's truck. Yeah, and he's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't say anything, and then that's the end of the movie, dude. I know. It's a spooky ending, huh? <laughs> yeah, Jack dude. Burton makes it out alive, and there's a monster on his truck. And I say... That's how I wanted the movie to end. I know. You were very happy. That's what you wanted for the ending. And there it was, man. (laughs) Well, okay. So do you want to know how the comic books start? Because we only read the first few issues. We have a bunch of them. But I read read to you the first few issues anyway back when you were about four. I think that our listeners will find this interesting too. Because if you've ever seen the movie, then you know that things do not look too great for Jack at the end of the events. Because there's a big monster on his truck. And I always assumed as a kid, and it was really a bummer to me, actually, as a kid, that Jack Burton probably dies. (laughs) Like, there's a monster there. Or he's got to fight the monster and things don't go well. Either way, monsters are after him, right? That's a bummer of an ending. And I thought all the monsters will die when Lopan dies, but I was totally wrong. Yeah. They were still there. Other problems, for sure. So, here's how it starts. The comic books start, and I'll just explain a tiniest bit to you, because I don't remember a ton of the plot, but basically, there's the monster on Jack's truck, and they do that, okay? And John Carpenter actually did the story for the comic books, too. So, uh, you know, it's legitimate, but there's the monster on the truck, and where the comic books start, Jack and the monster become friends. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's so good. And he has to, like, take the monster into places and, like, sneak it into places. So he gets it, like, a hat and a t-shirt. It's so... And, like, and like sunglasses. And he puts the stuff on the monster. I wish I'd have thought about it. I'd have brought it in here to show you during the show. But, yeah, then he has to, like, get it back to Chinatown. And then there's another wizard that I think is, like, Lopan's... I don't know, one of his servants, basically, or, like, his underlings. Like, a wizard that he was training. So then Jack's got to help fight him, too. But yeah, and like as a kid, I always thought, oh man, he's going to have to fight that monster. That monster is going to kill him. It's going to be really bad. But that's what's so funny about the comics is it starts out with like, yeah, we ended the movie that way. But instead, they're just friends. 
And so he's got this monster as his friend now. And then what does the monster do for the rest of the movie? Well, it's comic books. I don't yeah. know. We only read the first few issues. Um, I have a bunch of them. Does the monster just just fight people? I don't know, man. You're does asking just... for details that I read to you in a comic book two years ago. So Two years ago? I don't remember. I really don't remember. Two years ago? Dude. Are you seriously? Serious. I'm dead what? serious. I'm so serious I'm dead. <laughs> it's okay. Because I'm a cadaver dad to start with. So it's my natural state. Dad, you're not dead. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So, I don't know if you noticed what time it is. What? Time for Beastly Best. (laughs) Right. Okay, 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 okay. All right, what's your Beastly Best? What do you think is the coolest monster moment? And this is tough, because remember... The monsters include the orange thing on the truck, the big old bug, the beholder, Lopan, and the three storms. You've got a lot of monster stuff to choose from. Well, I already know which one I like. Okay. I like when you actually see the hand grabbing the second girl from the side of the little thing. In the, like, the eyes change out to, like, the little orange hairy monster thing when they're escaping the uh the wing kong uh trading company which is lopan's company they're escaping the building having gone through the like the underground castle as you know as we discussed it for the first time yeah gracie's walking out the hallway and the wall opens up and the big orange monster grabs her by the like head and like yanks her into the wall yeah that's pretty cool i'm with you yeah and then you see like and he walks in like (laughs) (laughs) it's good that's good stuff yeah oh boy i don't know man this is tough if i was to be cheap about it I would say the whole movie. I would say the whole movie is the beastly best because every single moment of this movie is awesome and it's all monstery. <laughs> but that's cheating. I recognize this as cheating. So I'll do this one. When I was a kid, I don't know that I remember the first time I saw Big Trouble in Little China because I watched it all the time when I was a kid. But I remember every time I watched it, the first appearance of the three storms, which is the first monstery thing that happens in the movie, when the three storms descend from the sky and, you know, lightning comes in with his, you know, on his lightning bolt, riding his lightning bolt down. That setup for the movie, I mean, it was absolutely everything that my little kid brain could ever want from a movie. If I saw that on TV, if I was flipping through the channels and I happened to catch lightning coming in from the sky on his lightning bolt, I was hooked. Those three storms coming down in the beginning, because it's the first cool monster moment in the movie and every monster moment's cool, let's go with that one for me. Okay. And with that out of the way... It's time to get spooked. Hee! <laughs> <laughs> So, spookiest. What's your spookiest? I think the two moments was like the no-skin body skeleton (laughs) Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. That is absolutely what was going to be yours from the start. I would say it's either that or when Gracie gets pulled into the wall. That was intense. I think that was 
sounds pretty cool. It's cool. Definitely cool. Kind of spooky. When I was a kid, that spooked me out. And that... also, I was kind of spooked by the orange monster thing. I did not get... That guy was funny to me. He's pretty funny. But I didn't think he was spooky at all. I also, when I was a kid, was kind of spooked by the um the Beholder, the, the Guardian Eyeball Monster. Oh. I was kind of spooked of, by him. None of these monsters I didn't get scared of. These monsters, they what? were probably trying to scare me, but they did not succeed. I I did not get scared. Try harder, John Carpenter. You just wait until you watch the thing, dude. That's going to mess you up. Give it another, I don't know, 10 years. Who knows? I don't know when you're going to be ready for the thing. When I saw the thing, I watched it edited for television uh-huh. when I was a kid, when I was maybe 10. Even still, that movie was too spooky. When the... um. <laughs> When the Beholder appears in Big Trouble, though, I love Jack's reaction. Do you remember his reaction to this? Oh, my. Yeah. I remember it's so funny. I love it. Yeah? Do you want to tell our listeners about it? Um, well, he's like, oh, don't tell me. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, God, no, please. His reaction to that is like, I've seen enough. Like, he's... He's seen wizards and storms flying around. In, in like. <laughs> and then suddenly this beholder comes in and he's done. He's like, he, I've, this is too much. And he saw the rah-rah-rah-rah-rah-rah-rah monster. And he saw that giant bug eat that one fighting tong whole. Yeah. So, I mean, he's seen some stuff. Yeah, and none of the fighting tongs made it through dude yeah they get wrecked yeah dude they got wrecked from the final battle i think i know we got to the end of the movie and jack wang egg uh mao yin and gracie escape from the wing kong trading company building and jump in the truck (laughs) and it's like yay and then i was like wait none of the fighting tongs made it out yeah (laughs) they're all dead oh no because all of the other they destroyed all the red guns but they they both got destroyed. Both of the yeah. teams got destroyed. The fighting tongs and yeah. the wing kong. Yeah, both yeah. of them totally destroyed. Yeah, cause none of the, the only the only bad guy that made tongue. it out, the orange monster. Yeah, the orange mutant orangutan. Yeah, I would be so happy if just like lightning just made it out. I wish both of those you guys and Uncle would... Kyle both. Uncle Kyle loved lightning when we were kids. Yeah, dude. Me too. I love that guy. That's I give some credit to that guy. I think he was like the coolest one. Cause he literally made it past every one of the other monsters except the orangutan dude. <laughs> except he gets killed by a statue falling on his head. Yeah. That's not that cool. <laughs> no. But he's to me he's pretty cool. He's I give cool. that guy some credit. The only monster that beat him was the orangutan dude. Yep. That's yeah, because a kick to the butt did not beat that dude. He came <laughs> like from I was, out I was of shocked. the. He came out of the sewers. No, no, he was under the truck. Under the, the truck. No, he didn't come out of the sewers. He was underneath Jack's truck. That wasn't the sewers. He was on Jack's truck at the end of the movie. Cool. Yeah. Well, dude. Anything else to say about Big Trouble in Little China? No. Would you recommend this movie? Yes. To who? I would say five and six-year-olds could watch this. <laughs> I would say aim a little higher myself um, for most kids. Most kids, I would though. say 
I would say maybe seven or eight people. Because what? Remember, Dude. your friends were telling you that they'd watched a spooky movie, and it was Muppet Christmas Carol, and you were like, "That's not spooky." So, like, I think kids your age, maybe generally speaking, aren't ready for Big Trouble in Little China. You, on the other hand, know more about the filmmaking process because you've been in monster movies and stuff. Yeah, I have. And you, t- and you like, touched the monster. So you know this a little bit better. I'd say aim higher. You know your kid. Test it out. But if you've never seen it, watch it. Dude, it's a pretty good movie. If you'd like to support our show, you can head on over to... Patreon.com slash Word Salad. Yep, become a patron at patreon.com slash Word Salad. Get access to exclusive content, including some uh, CadaverCast exclusives, my show Cinemuck, and all of the other ones I talked about during this show. Uh, the money that we pull in from our network goes towards Alistair's college fund for the most part, a little bit towards upkeep, and then the rest towards al's college fund so money to the word salad network also goes to helping educate this kid yeah you know in whatever it is he chooses to pursue and he's got a lot of a lot of dreams a lot of goals because uh, there is um two things i want to become scientist or like a sports gamer a sports gamer what do you mean by that like a like a an sports athlete guy a sports guy okay like an athlete, like somebody yeah. who plays baseball or something. Yeah, like that. Okay, so we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Those are the only ones I could think of that I want to do. Or make cause... movies or become a <laughs> yeah. police officer, fireman, or all of the other million I, things. I'm not going to become a fireman. Okay, that one's out. Got it. Because grease fires, I, I know. Okay, so grease fires have put you off of the idea of being a fireman altogether. Yeah. Okay, so that one's out listeners um maybe he'll become a low pan that the only things that are magic are like um, me no i'm magic you are not magic what is the <laughs> magic remember the one where mom went up onto the stage was like the egg do you know what those guys are called magicians yeah magicians okay They're so magic. okay okay so illusionists gotcha I'm with you. Well, I want to give a couple shout outs and direct your attention to a couple shows that uh, I was on recently. I was on an episode of the podcast Meanwhile with my friends James and Ruben. It's a podcast about movies adapted from comic books. They're going chronologically through every comic book movie and reviewing them. And I was on the episode about You're the Hunter from the Future. Look that up. I was also on quote-unquote guilty recently talking about a movie called Mazes and Monsters, made for CBS, 1982. Another one of my favorite movies, a movie that I have a long history with, and definitely look into that. Other quick shout-outs here. I want to shout-out to Nightmare Junkhead. They're starting the process of building towards their Into the Mouth of March Madness. I think I I I got that right. Uh, (laughs) Series that they started last year where they do brackets of horror movies, a bracket for each decade of the eights, so 1978, 1988, 1998, and 2008, until they figure out which movie is the best of all of those. Um, What do even brackets mean? Oh, I'll show you later. I'll explain to you okay. brackets. Yeah. But uh, Alistair and I are going to be on one of those March Madness episodes there on Nightmare That's Junkhead. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, Al's going to sort of talk to them, uh, you know, for just a little bit about the show, what we do here and stuff. And they want to pick his brain. And then I'm going to help them out with a stage of one of the brackets. So that's really exciting. I'm excited for that because I'm a big fan of Nightmare Junkhead. They're really cool dudes. Also, quick shout-outs here to the Retro Cinema Podcast, The Undead Wookiee, Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales, Screaming Queens, Slums of Film History, all of our word salad brethren, quote-unquote guilty tune-in pod. Tune-in pod actually has a tune-in pod after dark episode up on our Patreon page right now. Check that out, patrons. Uh, Also, Countdown Movies and TV Reviews podcast and dealing with Philip. I think I got all of our word salad brothers. And uh, again, shout out to our pals over at Spook Factory. That is an entirely kid-run horror movie podcast. And when I say entirely kid-run, I mean, like, there's no cadaver dad around to help. These kids do this show themselves. They're like nine years old. And they just did an episode about Alien. It's crazy. So check these kids out. It's fun. I I was listening to their Alien episode uh, the other night, having a good old time. So, if you want to keep informed about what we do here at CadaverCast, follow us on Twitter at Cadaver underscore cast. Follow us on Facebook at CadaverCast. That's one word. And you can always send us an email, and we do appreciate hearing from you at CadaverCast at gmail.com. And again, that's CadaverCast, one word. Uh, Anything else to add, Alistair? Uh, no. Then you might want to sign us out. You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Alberta. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks. We love ya. Thanks, everybody. Woohoo! Row, 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 row.